Do you have more pictures of your goats than yourself on your phone? Does your vacation time get spent attending goat shows? Can you have a conversation without bringing up dairy goats? Neither can we. So join us as we talk to the country's best breeders, judges, appraisers, and industry experts about all things dairy goats. We are John Kane and Danielle Caroli. Welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside. I'm John, and I'm joined by the biggest disappointment that I've had all week in Danielle Caroli and the fact that she saw Lin-Manuel Miranda in line at the coffee shop, and she didn't get an autograph or even record him singing some kind of Ringside intro. What's up, Danielle? I'm so sorry. (laughs) I was too upset by and this is you know only all about me but i was too upset that my coffee order was not waiting for me because the barista had to make three cappuccinos in the middle or sorry we're now in the end of july and so she had to prepare his three cappuccinos and could not get me my ice latte which was waiting in her fridge for me because I texted my barista and had her start making it while I was driving from the barn to my little favorite coffee shop. But um, yeah, so that was more where my mind was like, who drinks cappuccinos in Hey, 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 hey. We don't talk about Bruno. It's it's you know from that. From uh, that yes, picture, I, I'm I'm aware okay. of the reference. Okay. I'm aware of the reference. Don't worry. I could have Don't made a worry. Hamilton reference, you know, but yeah, yeah. you just got to shoot your shot or whatever it is. For those that don't know, Danielle lives in the stratosphere of the celebrities. She's surrounded by them from from Liam Neeson to oprah and all of the above you have them all at your fingertips and you haven't utilized any of that to benefit the podcast i'm so sorry that's gosh you didn't even get a picture you've been like oh my god i'm a huge fan let's get a picture no you don't understand the reason celebrities exist in my area is because we treat them like normal people and we don't start fangirling and saying things like oh my god oh my god oh my god and we let them exist and we let them order their three cappuccinos even though you know should they be even though it's sweltering right out yeah and the worst part is so there was three of them which means he had to subject two other people to hot cappuccinos uh in the end of july like it's not even like oh i'll have a cappuccino and i'm gonna get an iced cappuccino for this person and an iced coffee for this person like no two other poor souls had to drink cappuccinos as well how do you not how do you know that all three of those weren't for him and he has the same addiction that you have i mean that is true as well that could very well be but you could also get like yeah okay i will maybe give him that it might all be for him that's fine he could be See, writing w- the next. He could be writing. Listen, those three cappuccinos. I will give him this. Those three cappuccinos could be the start of his next, or you know, part of the process in his next. We don't talk about Bruno, you know, Hamilton, 
did he do West Side Story? Uh, it could be the start or part of the process for his next <laughs> big hit. I will give him that. However, they make iced cappuccinos as well, and that would be what I would be drinking today. But I think he, I think you were thinking of Rent. No, I think he did West Side Story. Hold Maybe. On. I thought Where's- he did the. Where is Kurt Schnipke when we need him? He is also into Broadway musicals, but it's it's kind of funny. And this is like, I'm a genius. We have somebody joining us today. <laughs> Instead of Kurt. <laughs> we have somebody joining us today that isn't Kurt, but is one episode shy of being tied with Kurt for the most podcast appearances, Grace Toy. I Welcome feel like that's podcast. why you made to agree to this was making sure I could keep my place up there with Schnipke and make, with the most podcasts. And I, and I also feel like you should have had my dad on instead since he's the music teacher and the one who's really intru- um, into Broadway and everything. So now I feel like the odd one out here. <laughs> well, can you ask him really quick? Is Wes? Oh, no, it was Steven Spielberg who did. Did Steven Spielberg really do the new West Side Story? There was yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if um Limo Miranda was involved at all, but yeah, that was Spielberg. See, I'm <laughs> a movie nerd, so at least I can yeah. help you with it that. It was Spielberg. Um, hold on. I thought he was maybe maybe uh, it was he, Rent. Yeah. Everybody's I mean, gonna pro- be screaming at us. Um <laughs> he produces anyway. a lot of he produces a lot of music including uh, that Tick, Tick, Boom and and stuff like that, you know, uh, Encanto. Yes. I think he did Moana. So, yeah. He, I think he's working on the new live-action Little Mermaid. I'm kind of excited for that movie. I don't oh, know about Oh, In you. the Heights. That's what I was thinking of. Ah. Uh, okay. Some Broadway thing. You are anyway. forgiven. I'm pretty right. sure he was in Rent, by the way, but, you know, neither here nor there. I guess we should talk about dairy goats, huh? <laughs> Switching topics completely. Everybody was looking at their screen, making sure that they took they chose the right podcast to listen to today. Yes, dairy goats would be good. What's going on in your barn, John? Uh, we are selling animals in our barn. We we sold uh, one of our two year olds yesterday. She left to her new farm, so. Uh, Minerva is going to be working hard on a dairy like she should be, and uh, she'll still see the show ring here and there, so that's cool. And uh, yeah, I, I'm taking as soon as we're done recording here, I'm taking uh, my buck Orion uh, down to the vet to get his CVI, and Friday he'll be heading off to Indiana, so that's cool. Are you gonna have any goats left? <laughs> uh, we have a few. Just a few, uh, Just a, few. A, a couple. Uh, the person, the person that was uh, that that purchased uh, Minerva, she came and picked her up, and the Guernseys were out and looking pretty. And she's like, "What are you doing with those?" And I was like, "Well, we're keeping them for now." <laughs> yeah, you gotta freshen them. You gotta see what they look like. You gotta play with them. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna see how we like their udders when they freshen and. Who knows? I'm sure we'll get some cute gold babies and that'll seal the deal. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so what's going on for you? I have weaned my kids. Oh. Uh, just rub and, it in my face. Well, listen, 
And listen, my kids are the youngest is just three months old out of the three. She is three months old yesterday. So we went through the last bit of milk in the pasteurizer can and I'm taking advantage of this break in the heat and deciding they are all weaned and I am not doing a John Kane and feeding my <laughs> goats until they start milking themselves. Hey, listen, are some of my kids just as tall as the Guernseys? Yes. Are they still being fed twice a day on bottles? Also, yes. But I don't need the salt in the wound, okay? <laughs> so my kids and I definitely like to wean them when it's cooler because I just feel like taking away the the stress of the heat with weaning is always just an extra benefit so you're not dealing with the or as much of a risk of a polio situation or things like that and I wanted to wean them right around this time but then I got scared with the heat and so I am taking advantage of that same but, same i that's my that's why they're still on twice a day because yes yes but mine don't even care about the milk anymore every i'll have so i only have three <laughs> keeper dough kids and that's all i have dough kid wise in the barn i have my new junior herd sire as well but he's in a separate pen but so these three dough kids come out out of the three 90 of the time when they were getting fed and they were only getting milk in the morning only two would be at the milk bar drinking. The other one would be eating the Buck Kids grain, trying to see if there was any leftover grain from my milkers, hopping around. They really could care less, and it would just switch between each goat. So it was high time to weed them. They wanted their grain. They didn't want the milk anymore. And I was just waiting for a break in the weather and the last of the milk in the pasteurizer bucket to be used. And so now I can put away my pasteurizer. And life whoop, is whoop. amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, Grace, you live quite the exciting life uh, as a dairy goat celebrity. What what have you been up to lately? Uh, well, lately I've had some family things going on. So I kind of did a little bit of both of what you're doing. And we unfortunately had does do um, all the way until July after national. So we just finished kidding about a week ago. Um, Congratulations. Bryce, yeah, it, it was painful and I'm never doing this again, but she needed to be freshened. So <laughs> here we are. Um, but I made some cuts like John earlier this summer um, before nationals, which helped keep my milking numbers a little bit sane since I have been all over the place, like John said. And traveling and I had kind of had a little bit of time off um, right before nationals and I've been going just about ever since on different trips so it, it's been interesting but unfortunately we have babies still on milk and I think that just has kept them happier while I've been away and their schedule's been all over the place but yeah it, it's been an interesting summer for sure. Well I'm sure the boost of serotonin when you're feeding those kids is always welcome. Yeah, um, I think we're to the point where it's just, it's a bloodbath and, you know, there's always <laughs> that one who's trying to dunk their head in the bucket. Um, so he needs to leave soon because we are not getting along. Um, but yeah, it's it's easy for my smaller group, my younger guys, because I can just throw the bottles in there and my February, March group, um, it's a little bit of a different story. 
So <laughs> they, they need to be weaned soon, but we're getting there. Well, you know, baby steps. It's fine. Uh, maybe we're not going to talk you... that you're saying February and March kids, meaning they're like five, six months old, the size of you probably at this point. <laughs> what did John say? We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I don't feel so bad about feeding my March kids two bottles a day right now. Hey, and most of my March kids they have are like the 27th, 28th. So, you know, they're bare, they're almost April kids. They're trying to be April kids. Notice she doesn't talk about what her February kids' age is, but (laughs) something we do want to talk about today. They're slowly, they're slowly transitioning to the junior yearling stage, and they're still on bottles. They're they're newbians. They need that like emotional support, you know, of the bottle. Oh yes, yes, they do. Uh, So those that are keeping score at home, uh, Grace and John are. Feeding goats forever uh, bottles and Danielle is winning, but also uh, Kurt Schnipke and Grace Toy are now neck and neck at four episodes each on the podcast. I feel like we're going to have to make like some sort of like plaque that just gets passed back and forth to you guys whenever you one up each other. Yeah, at this point, it's just turned into th- this entertaining conversation that comes up every time we talk. So I, I think you need like a whole like list on your wall of who's ha- been on the most times, and we'll just keep adding a tally to it every time it changes. I, I, I can do that. Tierney has a uh, cricket machine. She can make it fancy. Perfect. There we go. <laughs> I guess we should move into the one bit of Adga news that we have for the week. Um the office caught up on those unprinted 9,000 registrations. If someone wants to mail the office a box of Band-Aids for all those paper cuts, feel free, because I'm sure they were just cranking them out. Smoke was in the air. Uh, good job to the office staff for working on a weekend to get it done. Uh, and I hope that our uh, management team was there as well to support them in that and get it squared away and yeah now we're back to just being caught up to whatever date that we're caught up to exactly so look forward to all those registration papers coming to your mailbox within the next couple of days and we didn't have it on our list but speaking of mailboxes make sure you get your your ballots out and vote for director yes Yes, 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 yes. Get those out. Everybody should have received them. If you have not received them, reach out to your current directors and they'll pass that on to the office and get you a ballot ASAP. Um, if everybody's I, crying for change, I think you need to put your money where your mouth is and vote. And I think if you haven't received a ballot, it's the person to reach out to is Hughes at adga.org. Yep. There you go. You're on top of it, killing it. Ah, who needs Lin Manuel Miranda? Yeah. <laughs> All right. He creates his masterpieces of movies, and we create masterpieces of podcasts. That's right. I have T-shirt ideas, by the way, Daniel. I'm putting this on the episode so that way we, when we remember to listen to our own podcast. We can be like, oh, crap, let's text each other and see what John's podcast or uh, T-shirt idea was. Okay. 
Sounds right. good. Sorry, all listeners. We are now doing our homework while we're recording. Maybe we'll consider this multitasking. That's right. Let's move on to the topic, ladies, shall we? Sounds good to me. All right. Well, today we are talking about what could possibly be the bane of every goat owner's existence, photography. We see it every day when perusing the web with pictures of goats in poor lighting, standing downhill, goats, good goats not captured correctly to show off their assets, and everything in between. Luckily, we are joined by Grace Toy, as we all know. Not only does she take nice pictures of her own goats, but also captures pictures in the ring of exhibitors showing their goats. She's been a photographer for local clubs and even the North American International Livestock Exhibition, a.k.a. Nail. Needless to say, she nails it. Or Welcome does she to capture this sh- it? Oh, it was a play on nail, man. You ruined oh. it. <laughs> and here I was trying to have a play on the whole photography thing. I thought it was just, you know... It's fine. If you have to explain your joke, it's not funny. <laughs> well, Grace, it's you you, you take pictures, okay? There. End of end of subject. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> let's let's hear about your experience taking photos of goats, Grace. Um, well, yeah, I got roped into it. And I know we had talked to Bob Bartholomew about this too. Um, and he's been busy lately, but he, um, I don't know if dragged me into or brought me into is the right term because I do enjoy it. Um, taking pictures down at, um, the North American with him at the dairy goat show every fall. Um, so that's pretty much, we do ring shots. Um, we do pictures on the platform. So you see them all over Facebook is, um, the, green background and the or the blue background and the green um bottom is usually all those north american photos that a lot of people use and um so we've had fun with that and you know i've like everybody struggle to take pictures at home and i don't have a lot of help so i've kind of learned how to train um, my dad into being my tripod and helping me and we've learned a lot of tricks along the way and i don't know if there's really any perfect way to um, do this as if we all know, but hopefully we can teach you guys a few tricks today. Yeah, that sounds good because that is definitely one thing I think we all as dairy goat owners struggle with. And thankfully, as it is 2022, we have a little bit more technology at our fingertips and we're not waiting for those photos to develop from the local pharmacy and hoping that there's a good shot in there. We have pretty much instant access, but with that, we also can see the struggle so clearly. And I just hate looking at some of my photos and going, Oh, I, if I had just gotten the camera, just this move it over a little bit more, I would have really captured this go or, oh no, I didn't get a good photo or thank goodness I finally have a good photo of this goat because it really captures her essence. And I just think it's something we struggle with. And yeah. Well, I mean, as an industry, we're kind of behind, you know, dairy cattle who turns into an entire production on how they take pictures. Um, So I think with a lot of things in the dairy goat world, we're behind there. But um, so I think it's little 
tips and tricks we've kind of pulled from different people over the years to figure out the best way to bring it into this industry. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I, I just want to put it out there. Uh, I'll steal Bill anytime to help take pictures over here. If, if you don't mind. Well, you know, tyranny might need a break. So I feel like taking goat pictures is like the leading cause of arguments or divorce. Oh, you know it. <laughs> yeah. If Let's... like you're talking by the end of it, that's a win. Oh, for sure. It, it's gotten to the point here where before Alice, it was, uh, you know, also known as BA, get it? Uh, BA, uh, we'd take pictures and it would be like, oh, no, her foot needs to move back this way or forward or whatever. And like really get it down where our pictures were pretty good. Uh, But then, you know, we have Alice and she's running around like crazy. So it's like, hey, Tierney, can you grab a picture of this goat? And she's like, sure, sure, sure. So we go up there and Alice is either playing with the goat or running around like a mad woman. So Tierney's just like, click, here you go. And it's like, well, this is what I got. So, uh, there's definitely an asset to having a secondhand person there. And Danielle, who, who do you rely on to take your pictures? So I'm the one taking the pictures typically because this way I'm not yelling at somebody for not getting the angle correct. And I can pretend that I know what I'm doing and getting in the, you know, the right lineup where I want and getting the goat correct but sometimes you know we do have to switch and I'll have Corey who helps us at the barn she helps handle the goats for pictures but then sometimes the goats don't like to behave you know it's such a struggle sometimes I'll pull in Faith and have her come help me handle goats and take pictures if there's somebody in whites at a show you know it's just it's always really a struggle and it's probably the least favorite thing that we do here on our farm, but it's definitely something that's essential. And even now I'm just looking at my website and I know that I have goats. I need to update their photos of. Yeah. Get those done. I don't even think I have photos of my babies anywhere. So, you know, the list is long on who needs to get clipped didn't get a picture but it's you know the dreaded chore here so (laughs) i love playing goat it's 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 supposed to be fun guys yes the goading is fun but when you're dealing when you're trying to get a good photo it doesn't always become fun because either you or the goat or the other people involved get frustrated and it just like Grace, Grace said, it always gets interesting at the end. <laughs> Usually we all have like a maximum of the number of goats we'll do in one like day or sitting. So because I know usually we can get through unless we need to do more. We'll do like two to three, maybe a couple of more. And then it's just like, no, nope, we're, we're done. This, this is where we all need to just take step back and not be frustrated and we'll use the excuse the sun's in the wrong spot or it gets too hot at that point (laughs) (laughs) right right so let's get into it and kind of talk about how we take these pictures so i clip a goat i decide they're ready for a good picture how do i achieve the quality photo i want so i think at this point, most smartphones and everything are getting to the point where they're 
pretty clo close in quality to some of the at least digital cameras out there, maybe not the higher end, um, but at least, you know, if you are a basic user of a higher end camera, you can get pretty close to that quality with just the new iPhones, um, especially the Pro, like John and I were talking about the other day. Um, so I don't think you need to get too crazy anymore. And, you know, you don't need to like hire your friend who does photography to come out and do your go side profiles. Uh, if you just have somebody with an iPhone or, you know, just the, that digital camera you got for Christmas last year. Um, those are pretty easy to kind of learn. The biggest thing is just learn how the lighting works with it. And the best thing that's going to have your pictures showing up um, well, which we'll get into kind of editing after. But I think that's really step one. And most people have an iPhone or an Android or something at this point that's going to have that camera. Um, so I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't have a fancy camera either. I just kind of uh, have give Tierney my phone, make sure the lens is clean. And uh, if I want to get really fancy, uh, and usually it's more for candids, I'll put it in portrait mode. Um, but yeah, it's phones are like ridiculously good these days. And um, I have considered for days that Tierney is just not able to come out and help take a picture, uh, getting like a, a little tripod with a remote. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's so easy to get pictures these days. I mean, there, if there's a will, there's a way, right? And I mean, one thing to think of too, because, you know, I have a fancier EOS, you know, camera that I use to take pictures of other people's goats a lot of the time. But if I have somebody, because usually I handle, as my dad's very tall and he's fine at showing, but not quite to get everything exactly where it needs to be to look good on a camera versus the show ring. Um, so it's easier for him just to take a picture on my phone. And that's something to consider too. Who are you working with? Mm -hmm. um, because even if you um, have a nicer camera and you're putting it on a tripod, you know, they're a little bit trickier to focus where even just a less fancy digital camera or an iPhone might be easier for you if you're trying to do it solo. So those are things to kind of figure out and try somebody else's camera. If you have a friend who has something and, see what what really works for you and really just what you are comfortable with or whoever's taking your picture. No, oh, exactly. Now, Grace, do you take photos square on or from front or rear angle of the animal and stand up high or down low on the ground? Is is there too low of an angle? Like what what do you usually try to do to to get that perfect picture? So, we take a lot of different angles, but just starting with the direct on. Um, I either like it just where you basically see the two feet on one side of the goat or the three-quarter angle. Um, it kind of depends on the goat and um, just where they're looking like. On a younger kid, I might just get more of a direct-on photo. Um, I might lose a little bit of the escutcheon that way. We're in a three-quarter photo where you're really seeing um, both rear legs. There's just enough angle um, that you can see kind of the back, a little bit of just the back of the otter. Um, you know, it, it depends on the goat a little bit, but usually I try to get those three quarter, um, I guess that's what we're calling them, three quarter photos just to get a little bit more of a different view. And you just don't want to make sure when you do that, you lose the front end either. Right. Um, some goats might not have as much brisket that's going to show that way. And at the same time, 
if someone's taking a picture in a certain way and not another of a certain goat, that also tells you they might be hiding something, which the better you get at taking pictures and setting up the animals, the more you're going to learn about. We'll probably get into that more later. Um, but those are kind of the basic photos that you're going to see of most goats inside profile. Um, but I think it's really important while you have that goat out one day or you're at a show, um, you want to make sure if you're doing all American or um, you just want to have this for your own records. I like to take a lot of pictures and even if I don't end up posting them or using them ever, I can look back and kind of see something I may have missed on that goat when I had her just because my um, ability to evaluate goats is always um, improving. So I like to take an above photo so you can see the top of the goat, um, the barrel, the rump just from the top um, and then above or behind the goat. But I don't just always like to get the rear udder. You want to get the rear legs and the rump structure and everything in there. So like I said, whether or not you end up using all of these, I think there are a couple important angles that not everybody thinks about. And if something happens to that goat, you, you know, you don't have that. You want to have that photo for future reference or advertising. Right. No, that's great things to think about. And so when you're standing there capturing the goat's picture, how far away are you from that goat, roughly? I usually, um, it's again, sometimes it depends on the camera. I like to have them a little bit farther back. So I want to say if we're at home, usually with an iPhone, I'm going to just when I can't, I don't like to zoom because you lose a little bit of that quality. I have him about 10 to 15 feet back. Um, just depending on the goat, too, and how spooky they are. They might not like somebody uh, kind of crouching near them. Um, but that gives me enough. I have extra room on every side of that photo. So I can always crop it down, but I'm not zooming and losing any of that quality. I still, it's not going to get a little blurry or pixelated. So that that's just one thing I like to do. And then if the goat shifts or um, my, my person, whoever's taking pictures, assuming it's my dad, um, kind of crouches down too much, you're not going to cut off feet or you're not going to cut off part of the goat. Um, so I'd rather leave a little bit too much room and have them step farther back than be too close to the goat. Um, if I'm taking one, you know, say on a platform, just like in Kentucky or uh, North American, I can get a little bit closer just because I'm more familiar. And if you are, and I can zoom a little bit more with my camera just because it's a higher quality. So I don't need to stand as far back as I would with something that might not be as clear as my fancy camera. And Perfect. are you crouching or are you standing at your normal height? Well, yeah, Grace's so normal I, height is crouching. I mean, you know, <laughs> some of us are short, but you know, I always like to be pretty level with the goat. So obviously, you know, people have like to make comments that, Oh, it doesn't look like your goats are on flat ground. As we know, we live in New England and Eastern New York, so mm -hmm. there isn't a lot of flat ground here. Um, so usually when we take pictures at home, it's just trying to stay, keep that camera level with the goat, because um, usually my dad's a little bit lower where he stands, so he keeps it pretty much um, right at his eye line, which obviously he's 6'2 or more, so he's taller than me, um, where I would pretty much just need to crouch a little bit to get that picture. Um, versus if they're again on a platform, I like um, a lot of people use them as milking stools. You can get them on Amazon and just something you can raise and lower a little bit depending on how tall you are or even how 
tall the goat is because you're working on getting pictures of a Nigerian. You might need to make sure you're still on the ground, even if it's on a platform, just to make sure you're in line with the goat. But you want it as um, pretty level as you can. You don't want to be looking up at the goat in the photo. And, you know, not everybody has help. So sometimes you have somebody who just can't get on the ground, but you want to make sure they're not looking down at the goat because you're going to lose some of that depth of body. Um, you, you might even lose some of the depth of chest. So it's going to be a little bit harder to see and even make the rear udder look lower just from that perspective. So it's important. like Danielle said, we have access to seeing those pictures right away. So you definitely want to look them over. And just if you're not sure one's going to look as nice as it does on the camera, on the computer, just get an extra one just to be safe. Right. So, so for certain animals, you're doing different things, just depending on the animal. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like showing and setting up animals. They all take a little bit of a different um, angle, or maybe you just have to tweak the leg a little bit differently. So it, again, it's sometimes it's one thing to look at a goat in person, but you have to look at that picture and make sure it's looking just as nice on camera. Um, I will probably skip to or get into that. But you know, it depends on the color of the goat, how they're behaving and everything they might not look the same as they do in person on the camera because a big white patch in the back of the goat is going to affect the top line. Um, just like a goat who's nervous and leaning, you can't see that in a picture as well as you could in person. So those are the things you just want to make sure you look at it um, while you're taking the picture. So you don't milk out that goat and realize that it didn't work out as well as you thought. No, that and makes a lot of sense. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to kind of, transition into the next question so if you have something no 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 go ahead okay so i was gonna say that makes a lot of sense and another thing you really need to focus on is when you're taking that picture is what's going on behind the scenes as well obviously the most important part of the picture is the goat but the background kind of even talking about that white spot on the top line the background can cause issues as well. So let's talk really quickly about the background. What is a good background? What should we avoid when we're taking pictures? As solid and just as um, inconspicuous of a background seems to work. So assuming you're at home, you don't have a background set up first. Um, you want to make sure, first of all, there's not a lot of trash in the photo. Obviously, you want it to look good. You're probably going to use this for advertising and as a buyer, I know we all kind of look in the background of photos before we buy an animal from someone to see, you know, what the setup is and everything. So you want to be really, really careful with um, anything that's there and just clean it up before you get the goats out. Uh, but you also need to watch out for things like that are horizontal lines like fences um, or even just the horizon or a road in the background that might be too close to that goat's back. Um, because if they have a weaker chine or there's something not ideal about the back, it's going to make it really, really obvious versus if it's a solid background or just grass in the background, it's not going to be um, as noticeable. It's going to help hide that a little bit um, or not make those weaknesses as obvious. Um, and that's where things like National Show, where we have a background, and I know we've had a few different people over the years, um, and I think it's really important to just look at how dark or how light the background is, especially on the color of your goat. Obviously, if you're taking a picture of a sonnen and you're using a light sheet or something as a background, it might, depending on the lighting, it might not work out well for you. Um, you might just lose parts of that goat. 
So something I think Steve Pope said he used for a long time is that light blue just kind of helped work across every goat, whether it's a darker colored Nubian or a Tog or those lighter does. Um, it just, it was light enough that it didn't distract from the goat and it didn't make trying to lighten or darken a picture harder, um, but it was just inconspicuous and it was very clean in the background. So that, that would be my recommendation of something light that's not too harsh and it's not gonna detract from the goat that's in the background. No, I agree with that. We always try to do like, we have some really nice foliage around here. Although sometimes when I pull out animals, like I pulled out my buck Orion the other day to get a picture. I mean, yeah, Alice's playhouse is in the background, you know, big whoop. But <laughs> for like. I think Alice's playhouse has been making an appearance in a lot of your photos lately. Are, are you stalking my farm page right now? <laughs> no, no, no. That's just something I observed. I feel like it's now the Hilaire Farm trademark. Like, here's our goat. Here's Alice's Playhouse. Like, <laughs> instead of having to put your logo on the photo to, like, associate with your farm or the copyright or a watermark, you just have the little playhouse in the background. Yeah. No, it's great and you know unkept shrubbery and all that stuff but <laughs> we do have an area where if i'm like okay we're gonna take an official picture of this animal to put on our website like we have a spot where in the in the driveway that's really pretty that we'll we'll bring them out to but one thing that affects it is uh if it's if where the sun is because we have so many trees right there that it can get kind of shady and and lighting and, and you know, because we're outside with animals, you know, the sun, it creates shadows. Uh, when would be a good time to take pictures of those animals, Grace, and for the lighting? I've always found, and it kind of depends on your area, too, because where we, a lot of the time we take pictures, one is by the house. So depending on the time of the day, I can use that to kind of block the sun so it's not super harsh in the evening. And the other place where we take it in front of the road um, is actually better if we take it kind of mid-late morning, um, sometimes in the summer before we um, leave a little bit later, we try to grab pictures of goats then. Um, before it gets too harsh and, you know, when it's noon in the middle of the day, the lighting's just kind of too high and you get more shadows um, when the sun's up. So we try to not take photos then, but you kind of have to watch. And even when you're learning, if you're at a new property or trying to take figure out the best time of day, take pictures of the goat in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, and kind of see how the lighting worked, first of all, with your camera. And then secondly, um, just see, you know, really the best time that works for you as far as shadows and maybe even trees or a fence that the shadow is worse than you expected. And it's really getting into the photo. So you kind of have to see what works for you. But typically, um, late morning or sometime in the evening before dusk when this, the light is just softer, you're not going to have to mess with it and editing as much to make sure that goat shows up is my recommendation. You guys right, edit right. your pictures. I just kind of smack them up there. I crop them and smack them up there on the website. Didn't know the people. All right. Well, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead, Daniel. <laughs> well, I mean, we can talk about editing really quick. I mean, when I edit, I mean, I'm not doing a Kardashian like edit. We're not doing any face tuning or you know, making a top line straight from, you know, doing a warp tool or anything on Photoshop. This isn't, this isn't <laughs> Photoshopping, you know, we're not going to all of a sudden find a new arm that didn't exist because they were doing some Photoshopping, but 
editing can help a photo and is a great tool to have, I think. I mean, playing with lighting, contrast, maybe removing the pile of poop in the background or whatever you want to do. Um, Grace, what are some helpful editing things that you think are worth mentioning? So, again, this is a little bit taboo in the goat world. And, you know, we, we do have some people that put them on backgrounds and remove the handler, just like in the cow world. And, you know, if you like to, that's fine. I think as an industry, we just have to be careful because there is still um, the opinion that, you know, people get concerned. They're really editing goats and everything, which is where being able to see an animal in person is always going to be the most important thing in the way to see an animal for how it really is. Uh, But things like cropping and just adjusting lighting, I think are very easy. It's not going to alter the animal, uh, but it's going to make it easier for that picture to move from a phone, assuming you're taking on there, or even just a camera. And they might not show up exactly the same on the computer. It might um, be a little bit different than you expected. So it just helps make sure that that lighting isn't too harsh or too dim. Um, And then same with cropping. Like I said, I'd rather leave that extra room, but I obviously don't want that extra room on the photo when I put it on Facebook or I put it on my website, just because um, it's a little bit harder to see the goat then. So I just crop it down so I have a little bit less of a trim around the goat. Or like um, Danielle said, sometimes we have a car or something that just barely gets in the picture if we take it in one spot. So I'll just make sure the car is cropped out the best I can. Um, But, you know, I think we just need to be careful as you know, technology improves and people start learning those little tricks that we don't get too far into, you know, when you edit the picture, you're not taking that foot off because you don't like the pastern and saying, whoops, it just didn't um, edit correctly. So I think there's little things where we might Oops, it's in really deep grass. And, no, and, and that's the thing it. is, I mean, people, <laughs> there are very easy ways to make a goat look different before you get to editing and whether... You know, we all know people like to bury feet in shavings and, you know, this Mm -hmm. is where seeing goats in person is so important if you're using those photos um, to purchase or use other sources like linear data. Um, But, you know, we all know people have their hands in the photos. We know we're tickling those top lines down or pushing over on the shoulder so she's not waving at you with her elbow. So, You know, a photo is one snapshot of a goat, and I think that's important to remember, but there's little editing tools like that cropping and like lighting or adjusting color a little bit that's going to make it a whole lot easier and just um, to format on a website for you. So it could be your friend when used in the right way. Oh, for sure. I think I'm going to learn how to Photoshop just so instead of having cankles, I can give myself ankles. There you go. <laughs> Just call you Kim K now. That's fine. Or do you want to be Chloe? See, now I think I have to learn it. Well, you know, Chloe, she's got her own drama. I'd like to be the one that's not all plastic. What's what's her name? The one that models? Kendall? Sure. Yeah, I'll I'll be her. Okay. Because, you know, she's not fake. These fake people okay. out here. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess we could call her the most real, but, you know, the standard's not very high there. It's very dangerous talking about this. 
on the podcast, guys, because it's going to quickly turn into a Kardashian podcast, and then Tierney is going to want to be involved, and it'll just be a, a huge thing. I feel like I'll just get kicked out real quick. We're all going to get a lawsuit about. from Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you have all these Kardashians, but what about all of these people that you have taking pictures of your goats? How many people should really be involved in taking those pictures? Like, should you have a crew of 15, you think? That would be suffice? Nice tangent or Thank transition, you. I should say. I'm on top of it today. We're, we're really on fire. <laughs> yeah, I'll give them credit for that one. And I mean, we're not like the cow people where at least we don't have a switch to worry about. And we're not trying to hold the tail out, make sure everything is perfect. Um, have the bucket ready. Yeah, I mean, you can take a picture as one person. We know plenty of people that use a tripod and a remote. I've done mm-hmm. that. I've done it with rabbits, not just goats. Um, but usually the minimum of having at least one person to help take that photo and make sure at least nothing's cut off um, really helps. I know it can also help to have an extra person in front trying to make sure the goat's looking straight and their ears are well up or down, whatever your, your breed needs. And they're actually looking towards the camera. Again, unless maybe there's something you're trying to hide on the face, you might want it looking away. Um, but that, <laughs> I mean, at home we've, you know, I know different people have whole systems where you can pull a string and a can of rocks starts to shake. So they'll look, I know at my house, typically I just have, I've done it or I've had to throw a collar or a rock um, to get them to look the right way, just because it's a spookier goat and it would be too scary coming from somebody else and they can't see it happen if I throw it um, versus usually I'll have whoever's taking the picture, just toss something. So they look, um, but that's the biggest reason in having an extra person there. Or if you're taking a picture of a lot of or pictures of a lot of goats, help have somebody running goats back and forth. If you're trying to get through the herd in a day, that's definitely helpful. For sure. Mm-hmm. I, one trick that we use on for taking our pictures is uh, Tierney will be taking the picture. I'll be setting up the goat. And now we have Alice and we also have Samson, who we used in the past, where we'd call them over. But, well... We don't call Alice over. She's already there. But like, I'll call Samson over and uh, I, I tell him, uh, back up, back up. And he backs up and the goat just watches him the whole time with their ears perked. So it's perfect. And then Alice is just crazy. So the goats are always alert around her. Samson is truly a great farm dog working all areas needed. That he is. You know, he's just who needs an Anatolian when you got a rough collie, right? Exactly. Nobody tell Ashley we said that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't listen anyway. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, So let's talk about our handlers really quick. I think this is always my pet peeve when I'm looking at a photo. And I understand, and I've done this as well, that sometimes you just have to grab a photo really quick. But what should you be wearing in an ideal world? And then that's it. I feel attacked. No, no, I no. feel it. <laughs> like I said in an episode before, if you were being attacked, you would know. And I don't think this is directed at you. Sometimes there's just people that are showcasing a little bit more than needs to be shown or what they're wearing. Basically what I'm saying is what they're wearing is distracting from the goat. 
Well, you know, the same for the background, something to kind of think about before you take a picture, something to look at once you've taken the picture. Um, Because I know all know we've been guilty of, oh, this goat looks really good and we're rushing and it's milking time. And we've dragged him outside while I'm in sweatpants or shorts just because that's how that day planned out. And it it does happen. And when you only have so much help, you go with it. Um, But ideally, you know, I know some people are more adventurous than I am and they'll get in whites and everything. And that would not last long at my house with trying to trade goats in and out. It would get dirty very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I find just make sure you look clean. Um, I, I say jeans are a really easy way. Um, just a dark pair of jeans kind of helps highlight the goat um, or even a light pair. Just it helps highlight it. You look neat because it's the same in showmanship. You want to be inconspicuous. That picture is about the goat and not about you. Um, so even a dark shirt or something, or if you're wearing light jeans, a light shirt, um, be like, I think it's the horse um, people that they coordinate with the horse's color and everything too. Um, so just think like that and make sure whatever you have written on the shirt is appropriate because I know I've seen where people have had to blur stuff out after because they didn't think about it or, you know, they, there was something on their shirt they didn't want to be there or names or something. So, you know, I like to have... I have a ton of extra t-shirts I've gotten over the years that are that nice light gray color or I've had some that are light or dark gray and they just have a logo on the back and I like to use them for pictures a lot. So if you go through my pictures, you'll notice that because they're just blank shirts or the writing is so small, you can't see it, but they really make the goat pop a little bit more because it's just kind of a dull color and it's easy to kind of ignore Versus like if you're taking a picture in a hot pink shirt or something, you're going to show up a little bit more than you might want to. Yeah, for sure. And I actually was just scrolling through your farm page, uh, Grace. And uh, what you are saying is correct. Yeah, you're wearing gray, you're wearing jeans. You know, most of them uh, you're actually wearing whites because you're at a show. Uh, But you, you were talking about blurring stuff on the shirts. But what about blurring faces completely out? I know what picture you're looking at. Well, (laughs) (laughs) again, sometimes you just, you have a goat, you may have never put on a collar and she's a yearling. And (laughs) the one picture you got, of course, you're kind of bending over and you just don't want your face to be on there. So I've blurred again, my editing doesn't go too far. I've definitely blurred my face and um, sometimes, you know, you, whatever, you blur something on a shirt, you blur something in the background, there's easy ways to do that on your phone for free for people who don't want to pay for extra editing. Um, But they're just easy ways. If you're looking horrible and it's the day after a show or something, you can hide your face a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And did you go into Microsoft paint and put all those spots on that goat or is it really that spotted? Listen, if you (laughs) breed Nubians or whatever, and you're really not even a big fan of spots, you will breed a lot of spotted animals right right yeah i mean she's flashy she's a flashy goat i like her yeah she is she is something at least she now walks on a collar out and she placed in that crazy big newbie yearling class at national so um thank you to a friend who got stuck with her and collar trained her for me kind of that day yeah yeah for <laughs> sure now i i should say that there there needs to be kind of a uh disclaimer out there for folks if you decide to wear shorts and uh calf high boot rubber boots and 
you know, you happen to post those pictures on Facebook, Tom Rucker might say, Hey, look at, look at that. Those knees, you know, he might come on there and make some comments. He, he likes knees folks. So, uh, also you could be like Tyler Ramirez, one of our good friends of the show. And he likes to wear his Crocs, his loud yellow Crocs in every picture. It's kind of his signature. So what you wear is noticed by people is what I'm getting at. And, if you wear it constantly enough, when you don't wear them, people are going to ask why. Yep, you're going to get a trademark. And I mean, it's even <laughs> kind of making it into a good thing. And I've used this for showmanship, too, is, you know, there's certain people that stand in a very certain way in pictures and, and when they're showing. And it looks really good. I know Mark Baden is one. And I've shown those pictures to people holding my animals. I'm like... You're supposed to look in, inconspicuous and we want to kind of hide behind the goat. And I said the same thing and used a few of those um, people like that to show on my 4-Hers in the past. And, you know, I, I think there's good ways to have a trademark. And then as you're going through photos, be like, oh, I know who that handler is. Um, so it could definitely go both ways. So choose your um, attire very carefully. <laughs> All right. So let's elaborate a little bit on where should you stand and how should you pose if you are the handler? So I think it helps. And something I thought of before is even where you put your hands on the goat. Um, so I'll, I'll start with standing. And again, in the scorecard and showmanship, it talks about how, you know, and even just taking, you're supposed to be inconspicuous and you're supposed to hide behind that goat. And I think it's something we need to bring to photos so well you might be panicking and trying to set up that goat's foot um in the middle of the photo and that's the only one you've got um in an ideal situation i think standing don't try to get out of the photo because it looks awkward when there's just a floating hand it's okay to be in the picture that's how we show goats but kind of stand um similar to how a horse showmanship works where you kind of have your toes pointed towards the goat you're standing straight um, if you're just standing a little bit away from the goat, so, you know, it looks professional, it looks really clean, um, and not every goat handles that well, so sometimes you stand a little bit closer, um, but it's just making yourself kind of disappear. You don't want to have your hand over the goat, pinching the top line down, and that's where having a sports mode camera or learning how to take um, a picture right at the right moment or communicate with whoever's taking the picture that, you know, you're going to count down when you're going to move your hand, so it's not floating over the goat in the picture you're trying it's a blur at the top because you're trying to move it out of the way um little things like that and one I've seen a lot of that is kind of my pet peeve the tail needs to be left alone in photos it's not like the dog world where you want to hold it up um if they're holding it kind of weird you can just push it down but it should just we really don't notice that too much in the goat world just usually they're gonna, just going to hold them straight out and they're straight um behind the back and that's fine but you don't have to hold them up or anything. So you don't want to damage the tail um, or make that goat nervous and move them out of the way anyway. Because a lot of them, especially the matches, don't like their tails touched um, after they've been tattooed there. So um, just some kind of things I thought of as we've been talking um, to kind of help hide behind your goat a little bit and make sure that you're not as noticeable. Oh, for sure. Uh, I want to move on to... Because uh, you know we're, we're running a little bit long, but not, no big deal. Uh, how do you best take a photo of the udders, the mammary system? So I think, again, this kind of depends on the goat. And some of it really depends on 
um, your knowledge of structure and how you need to know how that utter should look to know where to place the camera to make it look the best. Obviously, just getting a direct on photo for something like All American because they need to be able to evaluate it just as it is. Um, and that's something you want for your own records. Um, but sometimes it helps if a goat maybe doesn't have the highest rear udder, there's a little bit of room between the escutcheon and the rear udder. It helps to take it higher. Um, it just kind of hides that a little bit. And even taking a higher photo can help sometimes see the area of attachment on the rear udder. Because um, a lot of the time we're putting it on our website to give people um, just a look of what that goat really looks like if they want to buy a kid from it or they want to buy semen from a buck related to that doe. Um, so things like that. And I've found, again, depending on the goat, sometimes taking it a little bit lower, sometimes flipping um, my phone or my camera. Usually the phone is going to be the cameras on one end. So it just gives you a little bit of a different angle of the udder might look a little bit different once you actually go through the photos and um, just make it look a little bit cleaner, um, hide a little bit of, again, any room at the top of the udder. Just little things like that can kind of help change that, um, hopefully for the better. But it's also important to remember for your records and for things like All American, I know we like to crop the vulva in the back of the goat out, but those rear photos, seeing the thorough placement and the angle of the rump from the rear, as well as seeing the space between the top of the udder and the vulva can help you, again, evaluate and see if that's something you wanna to add to your herd. So I think those are important photos to try and give people access to on your website, whether or not you're posting them on social media, because I know we don't post every photo we take of our goats there. Uh, but having those out there, I think is a really good resource for people um, researching goats, especially when we don't have access to recent linear data online right now. I'm, I've been one who's just been going through everybody's website and trying to see what photos I have to piece together, what they might have scored in um, the rump, or if that's a rump structure I want to bring into my herd. So just a few things to think about with those rear udder um, and rear view photos. No, I, I agree. Um... What about let's kind of get let's let's end this on a light note, but also like a people beware note. What are your pet peeves when it comes to goat photography? And are there any like do's and don'ts that come like straight up off top of the mind? Um, I think a couple we kind of touched on is the hand in the photo and holding tails. Those little things is just habits you have to get out. But um, something that. I know I've seen, and I, I know there were some issues at National Show with this too, is making sure you have a long enough background or a wide enough background that mm. you're not going to, you know, if, you, if you're if you going to the effort of having something in the back that you want to be behind the goat, when you're trying to do an angled photo and you're getting the background and pens and it's a holding area and it's messy, you know, it kind of ruins the point and it kind of, it would make it easier just to go take a picture on a wall where you have a couple extra, uh, an extra foot or two off to the side to keep that same background and consistent background. Um, so that, again, if you're setting up an area at your show, that's something to consider. And even, um, I know a lot of shows around here have done this where they like to put little things in the background of the photography area or they'll use straw veils horizontally. You're putting those horizontal lines in the back of the photo when you do that. And when you're putting all those little objects it might make the udder look funny when there's all these lines behind it or if there's like a can or something, it's detracting from the goat. So I think simple and easy backgrounds 
go a lot farther than when you're trying to make everything really fancy and, you know, maybe put those off to the side if somebody wants to use them to hold up a ribbon, it's there. Um, but just a nice basic background to make sure that that goat is the obvious point of the photo is really important. I agree. I, I'm surprised that one of your pet peeves is one of my huge pet peeves, and I'm not even a photographer. Uh, and that is people that say you go to a show like Nail or or any local show that hires a photographer and the person goes on the photographer's website, scoops up that picture that's got the watermark all over the animal and all over the picture. And they use that on their website or on Facebook as their profile picture. I've seen it even. Um, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. Like these photographers are doing a job. They should be getting paid for the job and you shouldn't be having these sloppy looking pictures that don't represent the photographer very well because of the watermark that they have on there. So people like you don't steal them, but you steal them anyway. Exactly. That's my pet peeve. Yeah. And watermarks, oh. I think people don't understand is they're like, well, we can use them because it's free advertising. But the point of a watermark is to just show you a proof of that photo and say, this is what you could buy. They're not mm -hmm. saying you can use that picture. Um, so I think it's, and it's just a respect thing. And I understand people are confused and they don't get it. And, you know, there's no, not, most people are not going to get up in arms about it. But if someone asks you, hey, could you take this down? Just take the picture down and buy it. Um, even if you have to wait a little bit, I know an easy way to get around that and still be able to see, say, here's my goat. It's just take the link and share it so people can click that and actually go to the photographer's website where they can buy pictures of the animals um, that they had taken and they can just go directly there instead of screenshotting or saving that picture with the watermark and sharing it as your own photo. Yeah, so annoying. Is Danielle still living with us? I am. I am. Okay. hasn't had enough coffee today. You know, she's around <laughs> three to no, I just, I think it's true. I mean, your watermarks are something and kind of even going back to the background issues or what people are wearing, those watermarks ultimately take away from your goat's picture. And that is what you want to see and what people, when you're sharing those photos, that's what you want to see. And so if you are sharing that picture with that watermark, it's just the same as having some horrible background. They're not appreciating the goats as they could. So spend a few dollars, buy the picture or take your own picture, get those pictures and share them. Because ultimately, I mean, I think that's the reason why most of us are on social media anymore is because we want to keep up with those goats and we want to see the goat pictures from across the country. And that made me think about too, because kind of talking about different cameras is somebody who's taking a picture out of show, they either are able to get closer to those goats and they have probably a longer lens. So they're able to get better pictures of those goats in the ring that you can't ringside if you don't want to get, you don't want to buy a longer camera for your, or a longer lens for your nicer higher end camera, or you just don't have one that's really going to show up well, like you're on your phone or just a basic digital camera and you're zooming, you lose all the quality of the photo. So I think that's important to recognize, you know, these, these people are making an effort to get out into the ring or to um, at least use the appropriate equipment that you just might not have access to or want to spend the money in. Um, so they're putting money 
out to get those photos. So make sure that you're just being respectful and paying them for their equipment and their time to be able to, um, to get that quality photo for you. Because I know we all have, you know, that one photo we, we had taken in the ring at a national show that we love. And, you know, that's not a picture you can get from the side of the ring very easily. No, and it's not even something you can necessarily get with your cell phone too. And that, I mean, I know we talk about how it is easy to capture with your cell phone and it is true. And don't get me wrong. Most of the pictures on my website are taken with my cell phone, a quick, Ooh, let me grab this picture. This goes looking nice. But when you have the availability of a nice camera with a nice lens, not only can you zoom in more, it doesn't get pixelated, you can blow up these photos quickly, but there's just something so much more crisp about the goats and how they're captured that it does make a difference. And having these good photos is just important whether you're trying to nominate something for the spotlight sale and maybe not even your current dose but having to go back in line back in your history and find animals that make up the pedigree and you're looking for good photos and they just might not exist but you know the animal is dead and or you're putting even something as simple as updating your website and making sure kind of the history and the animals listed are correct. Having good photos really helps sell those animals and showcase what is going on in your barn. And even here really quickly while I'm thinking about it, going back to, you know, people use watermarks and these people who get hired at things like national show um, they're keeping usually, um, I know Steve Pope is another one that he's kept those photos on his website for years. So when I'm looking back and, you know, we, the AIs we did this past fall, we were using bucks that were born. Several of them were more towards the early 2000s. So I was able to go back on Steve's website and see pictures from several years ago where this bucks, these, um, his daughters were more mature at national show and use um, all the stuff he still has up there. And, you know, it's one of those things, if I didn't know who had purchased the photo and I had permission to use it, I could still go back and purchase that photo instead of taking the proof down um, just because we have that capability. So I think it's just another thing to kind of keep in mind that they've taken the time to upload them and to take those photos um, when they're hired to do so. So just kind of appreciate those photographers we have at national show and different events. And um, even if they might not always be taking the best picture of the goat, it's really easier. Maybe they're not getting as many as you want. Just catch them on the side and say, you know, we really want to purchase some photos. Can you make sure you take pictures of these showmen or these animals um, and just kind of, or give them tips on how to angle like, you know, can you just step over a little bit when you try to take pictures of goats, you, you get that three quarter and you can see both rear legs and the rear udder a little bit better. Um, so just kind of easy tips to um, work with whichever photographer, your state fair or whoever may have that might not be as experienced with dairy goats. I agree. And it's, it's really just, and honestly, like, it's, it's really just practice, right? Like you got to practice taking pictures of your own goats if you want good pictures for yourself. Uh, but also, yes, pony up and, and pay that money if there's a photographer at a show and you want to use their pictures. Daniel, did you want to add anything before we uh, wrap up this topic? Or no, Grace? I'm just, well, the only thing is um, 
Hey, Grace, I heard you were going to be visiting our county fair. And so I just didn't know if you wanted to plan to help us take photos on the 23rd of August while you're there. As long as I don't have another trip get um, scheduled then, I am planning to be there. And I hear we're supposed to have a um, birthday party for the two of us. So... <laughs> Um, I guess we'll be taking pictures and we'll have to hang out for a while. Sounds good. I'm just, I'm just, if it's on air, it's true. So yes, I put it out there now. Because <laughs> now we schedule our social, like seeing each other in any kind of events. So you just have me on the podcast to make sure you can get Exactly. <laughs> now I'm stressed. I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I'm looking at like my photos and I'm going, oh my God, I don't like uh, my website's just gonna now have to be down, and we're gonna I'm gonna have to polish it. And oh, like photos are so chore. important, yeah. And it just really helps showcase, like we said, what is in your barn. And those when they say a picture is worth a thousand words, a picture is truly worth a thousand words. I agree. It's a thousand words, and my dogs wanted to get their words in too. So <laughs> I have people working at my house. If anyone heard, like, what sounds like I now live in an apartment building, is people in my attic. So it, we we did have a technology issue, like knock on wood, but we had to have something happen. Don't you jinx it? We are not finished that. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. I haven't hit stop yet, so it's it can still happen. Oh my god. <laughs> As we listen well, to the chorus, yeah. Well, you know that's what you get for having you know Italian greyhounds and and the shepherd the in the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fine. Listen, meanwhile, my dog's just sitting here, passed out like always. So, guess I'm we know sorry that sorry you don't have as good of a watchdog as I do with my little Italian greyhounds. Well, I don't have guys up in the attic of my house working either. So uh, there's that. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> well, Grace, I, I really do uh, appreciate you being on today. Uh, for our listeners that might want to check out your website or your farm page on Facebook, where can they find that? Um, so my website is hopsandlopsfarm.com. And um, that's, of course, always needs to be updated, just like Danielle said. But it should be soon. But there's plenty of pictures up there and kind of see what we we're talking about. Um, I'm not on social media much anymore, especially since the last time we talked. Um, my farm page, though, is still up. It's Hops and Lops Farm. And um, you can still, you can message me there. I still have an account. I just don't have any friends. I promise I didn't unfriend anybody. I just have a new account. Um, so feel <laughs> free, <laughs> as I've gotten the panicked messages, what did I do? Um, but feel free to send me a message there. I do check message requests. So I, I promise I will get back to you. <laughs> And then always email is an easy way to get to me. Awesome. Well, Grace, I really appreciate you being on, taking time out of your busy day, especially with guys falling out of the roof of your house. Um, <laughs> this has been a great topic, and I, I'm sure there's a lot for everybody to learn from it. And, hey, folks, if you want to learn about our podcast a little bit more, Danielle, where can they find that? Well, as always, we are on Facebook. If you search Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, you'll be sure to find us. We are on Instagram at ringside underscore goat underscore podcast. You'll find us on TikTok and Twitter if you search Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. 
And as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are there. We are in your ears. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe, like, follow, leave us a review, a rating. We really appreciate it. And if you have any comments or thoughts for topic ideas, send us a message as well. And check out our website at dairygoatpodcast.com. Awesome. Well, ladies, it's been wonderful. I hope you guys have an awesome week. We've been joined by Grace Toy of Hops and Loves Farm. I'm John. And I'm Danielle. This has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat Podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat Podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.